Hey everyone, this is Michael, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. We're back in the studio this week with the message of Voice in the Wilderness. It begins a new season for us, uh, or series, I guess we're not calling them seasons anymore, but it's a sermon series called Immersed. And for the next three weeks, we're going to be focusing in on baptism. What does it mean to be baptized? What is the practice of baptism within the Christian church? And what does that look like? Today on our podcast, I sit down with Taylor Weaver and Ben Torres. Here's a little bit more about Ben. Yeah, I'm a communication major. Radio, TV, and film is my emphasis. And I'm a senior. This is going to be my last semester, so I'm pretty excited to graduate. Take on the world after this. So who knows? Who knows what's? Who knows what's to come? But I'm excited. So let's dive into the conversation. We're going to be discussing Matthew chapter three, in the sermon titled "A Voice in the Wilderness." I have quite a few points that stood out to me, and it was a struggle. It still kind of is a struggle. I'm going with the flow as to what I want to start with in this message, but. I guess I'm going to dive right in. And one of the first points that you made talking about John the Baptist was what wilderness is God calling you to? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of that kind of brought about the point for me of are you doing what God is calling you to do in life? Are you fully open to that in the same way that John the Baptist was like, this is my calling and I'm going all in Mm -hmm. that kind of scared me because I was like, I don't yeah. know if I am. And I'm going to get personal for just a second because, I mean, it, I'm excited because the email that I got last night gives me something to talk about. But I specifically got an email from a professor, a teacher in an Adventist school in Hong Kong, China. Oh, wow. And he was like, so-and-so gave me your info and I need elementary teachers for next school year. Like, would you be interested? And I was like, wow wow, this really pertains to the message and like diving into the wilderness. I don't know what I'm going to do. But like it's situations like that that we have to figure out where God is calling us into whether we choose to take that on fully or like, eh, I'm not sure, dip our toe in the water, so to say, as you were talking about. So that's that was the biggest point to me. Am I doing what God has called me to do? Mm-hmm. And that's just like, obviously skimming the surface because this is about baptism. I didn't even realize I did that. But anyways, um, so then I got interested whenever you're talking about John the Baptist, how you started talking about how people are drawn to those who tell the truth when we can't see it. So what what was your whole idea like in bringing that about? Um, that's a good question. I, uh, I homiletically borrowed that from um, someone who I heard preach a similar sermon on oh. um, on this passage. Okay. But that point stuck out to me. And it's interesting to see the comparison that John makes. The people are coming mm-hmm. to, uh, that Matthew makes, people are coming to John seeking baptism and yes. they're repenting of their sins. And then you have the religious leaders who are just kind of there to like spy and like what's going on. But in both ways, they were drawn to John because he had some sort of truth, some sort of idea that they couldn't necessarily see themselves, but they were drawn to it in the same way that we seek 
wisdom from mentors and counselors or people mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. are maybe outside of our situation because they can see things in a different light than we can. Yeah. One of the things that I liked uh, that you said about John is he was not like a normal guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was somebody that you would look at and and kind of like, you know, what's, what's wrong with this guy? But <laughs> yeah. I think people are are kind of drawn towards that uniqueness. Yeah. And I think that a part of what you're saying is is, you know, what's my calling or whatever. I think you need to find what's unique about yourself and kind of use that to, to you know, express and reflect what God has has in, in mind for you. So, you know, even though John was, was kind of a weird uh, person, he still had a lot to say about, uh, you know, uh, Christianity, I guess, in yeah. a sense. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to see how people are drawn to the truth, especially if John was more unique. But I think it's because John was open and saying, mm-hmm. I want you to want this and believe this. Yeah. Whereas like the Pharisees and Sadducees are like rules, like yeah. rules and regulations, yeah. like you have to follow this. And how can you be so open to religion and actually knowing that you're loving God to love God like John the Baptist versus mm-hmm. like, so you have to follow this set of rules before you can actually say that right. you love God and you're following his way. Right. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. I think, I, I think if we were to ask that question of John, um, there's a lot that John didn't understand. Yeah. yeah. You look at his life through the gospels, there's actually a point where like, he sends his disciples to Jesus and asks Jesus, are, are you the guy? Because like <laughs> I, I saw the, the Holy Spirit fall and everything, but I'm just mm-hmm. like, are you the guy? Yeah. And Jesus responds like, well, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done that. Like mm-hmm. you, you tell me. Uh, but John seemed to be a person who, um, similarly, like Ben, you mentioned it, just kind of the analytical, like diving into the the details and always willing to learn and to try to understand. Mm-hmm. And I think John had a big sense of what he didn't understand. Yeah. Which is. A totally different yeah and i think yeah. I, I you know where you're talking about like diving you know or like dipping your toe in the water trying yeah. to test it. i think a lot of people are afraid to do that because of what they don't understand yeah. you know you know what i'm saying yeah. mm-hmm. i feel like i'm there <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> and, and that's extent. a lot of us yeah that's a lot of us yeah. where you know we we don't necessarily know exactly what god has called us to do but it's up to us to kind of face the world boldly and and you know just trust that god is going to lead you in the direction you know he wants you to go that all comes down to prayer. I'm still learning. As we navigate this world, there comes a point where we might ask ourselves the question, am I on the path that God has called me to? Have I gone to the wilderness and been proclaiming what God has asked me to do? Uh, or am I completely out to lunch? At what point do I recognize God's will and God's plan for my life? Or is there somewhere along the way that I just have to put stock and in faith and in God that I'm doing what he's called us to do, called me to do. I don't know. I think it's a journey. I think we come to know God's plan and will for our lives as we experiment and make decisions. We find out what's smooth and what's peaceful, things that fall into place and recognize that as the will of God. Things that we try to force, try to manipulate, that's not part of the will of God. But as we look back over our lives, we can continue to see how God has led. It might not always look the same, but that helps us to have faith in the future to know that God will lead us where he wants us to go. Yeah. Another point that stood out to me, you talked in 
I think it was Matthew 3, verse 9, which reads, Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing, for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. I love that. That was another <laughs> thing that stood out to me because I immediately took that personally in the way that I was raised an Adventist like mm -hmm. it goes back my parents parents their parents mm -hmm. and so it's just like a generation thing mm -hmm. and so the idea it's so easy to believe oh because it's you know it's in my blood it's in my family I'm believing this because my parents believe yeah. this kind of just this is what I've been taught and this is what I'm gonna follow therefore I am saved I was like I don't know. I don't think it's just me, but I have definitely had that mentality before because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, like I was raised this way. I'm good. Yeah. And that doesn't, doesn't necessarily work that way. Uh, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'd been, you know, you get, you get spoken to about that and I've been taught that, you know, like it's your personal relationship is yeah. where it goes. But this is the first time that like in scripture I had read that and I was like, Oh, it's actually oh my finally, they're like calling. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just really liked how it was worded. Like you yeah. can't base your salvation and where you're at with God on others. And yeah. I really liked it. Although yeah. others can predispose you to a certain form of faith. Yes. You know, and you credit our you know, parents for raising mm -hmm. you in a particular way. But then there comes a point where you've got to own it. Yes. Or you mm -hmm. disown it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, it goes, it goes to that text that says, uh, you know, teach your children in the way that you know, you're, you're supposed to go and they, and they won't, mm -hmm. you know, they won't turn from it. Mm -hmm. And I think in a sense, that's, you know, like that's sometimes it, it might not be the case because, you know, you get involved with the world and, and it changes you. But I think it's, you know, you know, at a certain point you have to kind of trust that God is going to, you know, lead you in the direction that you want to go and that you have to, you know, you have to trust that like, he's not going to, you know, you really have to believe that, you know, God is not going to let the world kind of taint, you know, your vision of, of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's hard. Mm -hmm. Which means he also has like extreme faith in us. Like faith I don't even have in myself. <laughs> Honestly, like just being like completely honest. Yeah. Um, and going back to how we talked about like dipping our toe in the water. So the way that I took that whenever you're talking about like Christianity. Mm -hmm. So... And I think it's the way that you meant it, but just like getting our daily dose just on Sabbath and then being mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm good. Like yeah. mm -hmm. that's my baptism for yeah. the week. Yeah. And so I'm, I'll be covered for the week. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to previous podcasts. We've talked about how don't like limit yourself. Like, oh, if you can just get in like five minutes with God, like you need so much more time with God. You need yeah. to dedicate mm -hmm. a specific amount of time. And you can't just be like, oh, because I did this, I'm good. That's, yeah. this is all of these different things like coming together from previous podcasts and from this message is just, it's changing the way that I view how I should look at my relationship with God or the time I should dedicate. Yeah, you, you get a certain feeling of like spiritual, well, we use this term in, in Adventist a lot, especially the spiritual high or yes. whatever where you, you know, you're at summer camp or you're at Friday night Vespers or whatever and you mm -hmm. feel so good about like you're on fire for Christ and stuff like that. And then you get that, that call to baptism. And I think this is where we really need to be careful because a lot of people react instead of responding mm -hmm. and so they they take that you know oh, i'm gonna you know have a real spiritual high tonight i'm gonna get baptized and then later on they found out that that's not necessarily the decision that they should have been making at that yeah. point in their time yes 
I like the differentiation you made, responding versus reacting. Mm -hmm. and often it's a reactionary relationship yes. in terms of response. That's deep. That's I've got to sit on that for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to know because yeah. if you are in the moment and you feel that calling and that connection to God, how can we how can we differentiate which is which? Which is like a true calling and like, Lord, I want to give my life to you. Yeah. And I'm going to act on it. Or do we just sit and be like, let's make sure this is right. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're instead, I think, um, you know, when a lot of pastors will make the call, uh, you know, there's still water in, in, in the, in the yes. you know, which is great. You know, if somebody really genuinely has the urge, you know, uh -huh. that they, you know, God's been tugging on them mm -hmm. and they really want to get baptized. You know, that's great. Fantastic. But I think a lot of times, you know, when we see that, I think you have to respond in a way that's like, okay, you know what, today is going to be the decision, not necessarily that I get baptized, but that I want to start looking into, mm -hmm. you know, yes. what baptism means. And I want to start studying the word of God deeper, you know, so later on, I know that this, this, this is the decision I, I genuinely want to make. Yeah. And I think that's why I felt impressed to take on this series and have these conversations mm -hmm. because you and Aaron mentioned last week in the last episode of, of retake of like, we don't talk about baptism. No. Yeah. And it's a set thing. Yeah. And I struggle sometimes because, and, and people looking at Christianity and their experiences with the church are sometimes frustrated because they're like, oh, the church is just a, a place where you're emotionally manipulated mm. and yeah. you're emotionally manipulated to make a decision that you don't know what you're doing. And then they leave you like high and dry. Yeah. And so what's the balance between using emotion to reach someone's heart mm -hmm. versus that being uh, maligned and being a manipulation of that person. Yeah. And I think that comes from these types of conversations. Like what yes. is baptism all about? Because mm -hmm. we need those moments where the preacher gets up mm -hmm. and is like, hey. There's a call. Like you, mm -hmm. like John the Baptist, he's saying repent and yes. the kingdom of heaven is hand. Like you've got you've to come, but then there's something inside. And so we need them in our church. We need a more robust understanding of what discipleship means of what it means for us to carry each other's burdens yeah and it's not just falling on me as the pastor to you know like oh i gotta make sure everybody's taking care of like how are we taking care of each other and helping each other yeah. through our relationships mm -hmm. how, how are we going to how are we going to serve mm -hmm. you know how you know if i'm a you know I'm, a, I'm baptized and so how am i going to you know take up the calling that god has given to us and yeah. you know he, he says to go and make disciples of all nations yeah Right, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, I think so many times that, and this, so John F. Kennedy uh, said, um, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for yeah. your country, right? And I think if we translate that into a kind of spiritual uh, Christianity context, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think a lot of times we ask God, what can God do for me? You know, like, God, I really need, I really need you to help me with this test. I really need you to help me, you know, land this job interview, land yeah. whatever. But I think, you know, how many times do we hear that over, you know, God, like teach me how to serve. What can I do for you? Yeah. You know, instead of what can God do for us? Cause that, you know, at the end of the day, our goal is to get, make it to heaven, right? Our goal is to, you know, teach more people what we know about, mm -hmm. about Christ and share, you know, his experiences with us, you know, mm -hmm. with other people. Something that just came to me and... I love that saying that Ben brought up from JFK. Don't ask what country can do for you, but what you can do for the country. But I think we face difficulty in that sometimes. What if the church you're in isn't the church for you, or maybe there's something that's happened there that's not healthy for you? 
Do you let God lead you to the next place you want to go or that he wants you to go? Or do you take that moment to make a stand for what's true and what's right? I think it depends on the situation. That's a very, very hard decision to make. But even in the midst of the difficulty, God is trying to bring something out for good. I think of a friend of mine who uh, was in working in church ministry and in a church that was really difficult and unhealthy for him. And he had the chance to be called to another church. He had a job offer, was going to go head to someplace else, and he prayed about it. And he felt that God still wanted him to be in the midst of the difficult situation. You've got to ask God. You've got to go to him with that. Find the community that he's led you to and see how you are blessed by it. And more importantly, how you can be a blessing in it. That you leave that place changed for the better when you go. Huge amount of respect for you, Pastor Michael. Is that in talking about all that and maybe how how people view it whenever you do make a call up front? It just hit me how hard that is for you because you want people to see that this is genuine, that you you simply want the best for them mm -hmm. and to have them open their hearts for the right reasons, not for yeah. pressure reasons. Yeah. But how do you go about that? How do you make that call mm -hmm. without it being like? repent you sinner or like you know it's time yeah. or yeah, yeah. you know to to be open about it yeah and i think that you've done a great job because yeah. you know in your previous sermons it's been the water will be there and it we can fill the tank anytime yeah. so it doesn't have to be today it doesn't have to be tomorrow when you're ready but just yeah. know who to come to and mm -hmm. i never really realized until we're talking about it like how hard that is mm -hmm. for pastors to be able to show how much they care, but at the same time, not want to manipulate feelings or emotions of others. Yeah. I think what, what helps me kind of keep that in check is that I, every time I make an appeal, mm -hmm. I literally do not care how many people come forward. It does not matter to me. Mm -hmm. I know my calling, what God has asked me to do is to make the call. Mm -hmm. He is not required of me the results. And yeah. so I, yeah, I, like <laughs> I just, my, my faithfulness to God is providing opportunities for people to respond. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and for instance, case in point last week, hard appeal. Like if you want to be baptized, let us know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. zero responses. Yeah. But that's, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I've done it before. gotten zero responses. That doesn't, mm -hmm. I don't think reflect on me at all. I've no. been faithful to what God has called me to do. Um, uh, and what the way I try to carry myself and I don't know, don't always do it well. Um, but to show people I care for them as a person, mm -hmm. for Ben, for Taylor, for anybody that sits around this circle or listens or anybody that's listening to right now, I care about you as a person. Mm -hmm. And you're more than just a, a number on a, on a registry of people in the church. Yes. Yeah. Because that's, and we can have a whole nother conversation about how baptism and has within the Seventh-day Adventist context has been used as a marker of church membership yes yeah and i think in some ways it's good but other times it it, it places undue pressure on pastors mm -hmm. and the the person that writes my paycheck is like how many people did you baptize oh, and it predisposes yeah. me yeah. to want to look for numbers mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and so i've got to i've got to navigate all of that um and i'm thankful to to work for an area of the seventh avenue church where that's not prime mm -hmm. what's prime mm -hmm. is like how are you engaging with people who do you have in the pipeline 
We'll worry about results later, but who do you have in the pipeline? Yeah. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah. I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with, you know, service in, in, in the Christian churches because, you know, they, they think, you know, we have to, you know, get every, you know, everybody as much as, you know, as much as I can, I have to get, you know, I have to fill a, a quota or, mm-hmm. you know, something like mm-hmm. I have to get, you know, 10 people to come to my church and stuff like that. When that's not necessarily the case, your case, you know, your job is to just plant the seed yeah. in somebody, yeah. you know, show somebody kindness, you know, throughout the day. Maybe that's a reflection of, you know, Jesus. Yeah. Like just plant the seed and God will grow the garden. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to worry about like the numbers or filling up, mm-hmm. you know, a, a chart throughout the day, right? Yeah. That's your job is just to, you know, place the idea of, of Christ in somebody. Had a professor in seminary describe it um, in a way that we're everybody carries around a bucket of water, mm-hmm. and our interactions through the day are us pouring water into other people's buckets and people pouring water into our bucket. And you don't just dump all your water in somebody's bucket. And then the analogy being that the over the when it overflows is like, oh, you've come to a realization of who God is and that type of thing. But as we drip water into each other's buckets, you may not be the drip that overflows somebody's bucket where they make a decision for Jesus, but your drip was essential to get them to the point where they overflow and are in love with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think taking that into perspective whenever it comes to numbers in the church or how many you bring in, kind of what Ben was talking about, is that planting the seed, you don't know where people are going to go with that. If they Mm -hmm. don't come to your church, if they don't come, even if they don't go to church, you've planted that seed and they will build their own relationship off of that with God. And that's and that is what is that's what's so important is that no matter how it might affect somebody, mm-hmm. you're not gonna know, but God knows. Yeah. And you are spreading his word and you're being faithful to that. So I think that's mm-hmm. really cool to think about. Yeah. Paul makes it clear in one of his letters to the Corinthian church, he tells them, Apollos planted the seed, mm-hmm. I Paul watered it, but it's God that brought the result. Yeah. And so Ooh, we each have like our that. we each have our part that we play, but God's the one that's behind the scenes making it come to fruition. Yeah. And and again, it's all about asking God, you know, what what can I, you know, what what in what way can I be of service to you? Mm-hmm. You know, because we're not all going to be pastors, we're not all going to be missionaries. Yeah. We're all going to be our own thing, you know, but it's it's us asking God, you know, guide me so that I can be a tool for you. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that's hard to know how you can be a tool and just praying about it you know like you're saying when you have in that moment life is a set of a series of moments of growth sometimes it takes pruning to help us grow a little bit more as we lean into the process that god has brought us on we begin to understand that sometimes we are planted in one particular situation for only a certain amount of time or until we learn something or until we're able to affect a particular type of change Then we're pulled up, planted in a new place, and we're called to grow new roots. Lean into God in that process. He's called you to where you are right now. What is he wanting you to learn from that? Then how long does he want you there? Time to move on, to plant new roots in a different place. And just praying about it, you know, like you're saying, like, how can I be used? Because everybody has such different talents. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I am more behind the scenes, but I have always wanted to have like the ability to speak up front or to be like, man, I wish I could be like as outgoing as so-and-so. And And (laughs) they just, oh, they, I see them 
upfront all the time and okay, I'm going to try that. But the important thing is to remember that we're not all going to have the same abilities like what Ben yeah. said, but accepting that mm -hmm. and instead learning how to work in your area to make yourself stronger is, I think it's one of the most difficult things to like come to terms with because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, but I want to be that. It's always yeah. wanting what you don't have. Yeah. But having yeah. the faith that, okay, if I stick in my area, God will grow me in that. Yeah. And I can make a bigger difference. But yeah. sometimes that's harder. That's a hard pill to swallow if you, yeah, I, you know, don't really like where you're placed. I quoted, I forgot who I quoted, but it, it, it talked about talents. But I was quoting this on, on 88.3 The Journey on one of my mm -hmm. shows. Um, but it was basically it, it, it was basically talking about talents. And, and I kind of reflected on the idea. And I said, you know, I don't believe for one second that somebody doesn't have a talent. Oh, no. Everybody has a talent. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think it's up to us whether we want to use that talent you know, for the glory of God. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I, I don't buy for a second that, that people don't have, you know, when somebody says, well, I, you know, I'm not good at this or I'm not good at that. It's like, you are good at something. Yeah. What are you, you good at? Yeah. Figure it out, ref, you know, yeah. sharpen that ability and use it for the glory of God. Yeah. God's sometimes, given you purpose. Yeah. Yes. And, and sometimes a it's reason hard. you're here on this earth. It's yeah. hard to be able to see that. And sometimes you need others to like point yeah. that out in you. Yeah. which is all part of like the community and the faith base. Yeah. And, yeah. and it goes back to cool. John being the voice in the wilderness, exactly. proclaiming truth that people couldn't see for themselves, yes. but that they needed to hear. Yes, it's what you can't see. You might need a little bit of help, but it's okay to need help. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation and engaging with us in it. I am so excited for the next couple of weeks. We're going to take next week off because it's Easter and we've been pumping out week after week of episodes for a while and our team needs a little bit of a break but i encourage you in the midst of that go listen to a previous episode share it with a friend dive into maybe one of the series that you haven't listened to yet i'm excited for what's to come the next two weeks uh, episodes of elevate retake both in the messages and in the retakes we're going to be diving into two places in scripture that talk explicitly about the meaning of baptism. Come to know what God's will is for our life. God's desire is that you would know him and that you would follow in his biddings. We're going to talk about what that looks like. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a chance, go ahead and rate us on whatever podcast app you listen to, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five stars. And if we didn't earn your five stars today, let us know what it might be that we can improve. As always, we'd love to hear from you and connect on our Instagram pages at Elevate Retake and at Ele this is Elevate TX. You can also check out the link in the description and leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you and include your voice on this podcast. Until next time, this is Michael with Elevate Retake.